On this episode of the Burke in the Game Show, Austin and I talk about what the MVP implications are now that Joel Embiid is set to miss a few weeks. We talk about how teams and players are mutually agreeing to part ways, and we give our takes on that. And then we wrap up the show talking about who we think goes where as far as players that are looking to be dealt or bought out within the coming weeks. You're not going to want to miss this episode. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Shout out to our new sponsor, Manscaped. Go to manscaped.com, use promo code BTG to get 20% off of your next purchase on top of free shipping. That's BTG at manscaped.com. Thank you very much, friends. We'll see you right after this break. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Break in the Game show here on the Nothing But Net channel on Dash Radio. I'm Stephen Gillespie, and joining me as always is my buddy, Austin Carr. Austin, what's up, brother? Hey, what's going on, Stephen? It's a nice, you know, Sunday afternoon, evening. Had a good week. Uh, just been hanging out of the ha- at house. Uh, at, can't talk, I guess. <laughs> hanging out at the house with the family is what I meant to say. Uh, there you go. Your, how's your weekend been going? Uh, good man. How do you feel losing an hour of sleep? Does does that make you feel good or? No, not really. It actually <laughs> kind of messed up my schedule quite a bit, to be honest. I was pretty sleepy all day today, but at least I had the day off, so it wasn't too bad. Oh, there you go, man. I'm sorry, sorry that the hour of sleep didn't really do it for you, but uh, you know, life right. life goes on as it yes, always it does. does. Yes, it does. Right on. So, all right. Well. Before we get going today, we have a new sponsor on the show, and I just want to do our due diligence here. This is the first time I'm reading an ad, so for everyone who is listening, watching, please bear with me. I promise I'm going to get better at this. So just want to remind everybody that support for Breaking the Game is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. We have an exclusive offer for our listeners, 20% off, plus free shipping and handling with the code BTG. That's B as in Bravo, T as in Tango, G as in Golf, at manscaped.com. Austin, how good does that feel that we got to do our first ad read on the show? Well, I I told you before we came on, I've kind of always was like a weird little dream of mine to have our own code for one of these, you know, websites like that or sponsors so it feels pretty awesome and uh, you know 20 percent off is pretty great deal i'm probably gonna head over to their website when we get done here and check it out for sure oh yeah and, and there's Laura, a lot of great, great products job. oh i appreciate it i tried i tried to put on really hard there i don't know if it came through or not so oh you you did great oh well, i appreciate that well awesome we have a fun show lined up for you know you myself and for our listeners here at breaking the game show on the nothing but net channel on dash radio we're going to go over mvp implications now that joel Embiid has sustained an injury we're going to go over teams and players mutually agreeing to part ways and kind of that the dynamic that goes along with that and how we feel about it and then we're going to wrap things up with who's available in the trade market that we know of right now so austin without further ado let's get into our mvp discussion how does that sound 
sounds good to me. You know, I think that everybody knows that's a, an NBA fan of any kind. Joel Embiid got hurt, uh, you know, on March 12th, just a couple days ago. I was actually watching the game. I got home just in time to, to catch like two minutes before he sustained that injury. And when I first saw it, I was, I was pretty worried that it could have been a lot worse. It looked pretty bad at first, but. Luckily, it's just an MRI showed that it's a bruise, bone bruise on his knee. He's going to be out two to three weeks. But, you know, I, I think you and I both agree it's going to have a lot to a lot to say about who possibly takes home the MVP this year. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree with that because we were discussing, actually, it was myself and Mo on our, our last show that you had to miss for. Mo, by the way, did a phenomenal job filling in for you. He, he didn't quite get the full Austin experience down. I told him he had big shoes to fill. But Mo, if you're listening and watching, thank you so much for coming on and filling in for Austin. You did a great job. Oh, man. I'm honored that he's the guy that fills in for me. He's one of the best. So, Yeah, he he truly is. I mean, that's why he's one of the vice presidents on the network. So, Austin, when I saw this, uh, everybody in the entire NBA community saw this and held their breath because it's Joel Embiid. He has longstanding injury issues throughout his entire career. I mean, he didn't even make his NBA debut until technically what was his third year being Mm -hmm. inside an NBA organization. And, uh, you know, that was a traumatic experience for him. He hasn't always been the most in shape player. He hasn't, you know, conditioned the right way. He hasn't, you know, trained the right way and has drawn the ire of a lot of the old heads that evaluate the game and um, have made snippy comments and, you astutely pointed out that the one thing that you wanted to give the Philadelphia 76ers for Christmas this year on our Christmas episode was what? It was a uh, a pissed off and in shape Joel Embiid. And I don't know if Joel Embiid's pissed off. He's usually a pretty jovial type of guy, but he's definitely didn't like hearing all those guys talk about how out of shape he was or that he wasn't trying because he's he's kind of, you know, set the league on fire this year. So worked out for me at least. Yeah, I mean, and he proved a lot of people wrong. He was the first half of the season MVP in our eyes. A lot of other guys in our network shared that same sentiment. And now that he's going to be out for about two to three weeks, well, first off, that's kind of coincidental, right? Because that's about the time that Anthony Davis is going to be missing with his injury. So now the, the Sixers and the Lakers could be matching up later down the line in the finals. It's It could it could happen, right? Um, right. Now that both of these guys are going to be out close to the same amount of time, if not exactly the same time, it stands to reason that we have to now, Austin, right? Evaluate who stands to benefit the most with Joel missing time. I actually took a poll on 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 Twitter today, and about 50% of everyone who participated in this poll said that LeBron James stood to benefit the most with Joel Embiid missing time. Austin, do you agree with that sentiment or is there another player that you're kind of eyeing to take advantage of this? Well, I think it's a good opportunity for a real MVP discussion to start taking place because all along it's kind of been this media driven idea that because he's 36 years old and in year 18 and all that good stuff that they like to say that LeBron and then Embiid, obviously, because how well he's been playing, are the only two possible choices for this year's MVP. And I don't really see it that way. But I do agree with your your poll results that LeBron is probably going to, you know, take the most out of this and be cut just 
for that very reason that the media already love talking about it. And it's, you're just going to hear more of it now that Embiid's out the main story. I'm sure you're going to hear on all the radio shows and TV shows and talking heads worldwide is, you know, LeBron's in the spotlight to win his fifth MVP. Now that Embiid's going to be hurt for a couple of weeks, you know, especially with Anthony Davis being out, you know, it even more falls on LeBron's shoulders. I mean, he's, he is having another, you know, LeBron year, 25.6 points, 7.9 rebounds, 7.8 assists, shooting 50% from the field, you know, over 35% from three. And, you know, he's, he's LeBron. Um, so yeah, I, I do think he stands to benefit from this a lot, but another guy that, you know, I like, and that I know you and I have talked about why he doesn't get more, you know, talk is Giannis Atenacumbo. I do think he deserves to have a little more, uh, a little more shine and a little more coverage for the season that he's having. Like he's a two time reigning MVP and (laughs) he's gotten better in quite a few categories this year where I, for one thought with drew holiday coming in and their, you know, decision to kind of tweak the way they play and maybe take the ball out of his hands. Some where it's going to, you know, hurt his numbers to a, to a certain extent, but honestly, he's been more efficient. He scored just as many points He's grabbed just as just about as many rebounds. His rebounding numbers are a little bit down from last year, but he was the defensive player of the year last year. And you could argue that he's been better defensively this year. And I just, you know, we, we joked about it that you're not allowed to talk about anybody, but LeBron and, and Embiid for MVP. And so I, I kind of like the, the fact that this is going to like force some people to take a look at some other players. Yeah. I, I like that sentiment as well. I think that, um, for one, LeBron James being second on my ladder, it almost by default has to go <laughs> towards him with that sentiment, right? But mm-hmm. ultimately, I think that there's another player that could stand to benefit even more. And I believe that player to be one James Harden. Now, here's why. It's not that I think right now he is above LeBron James and on my MVP ladder, um, although he very well could be. I think that this mm-hmm. race could, you know, a matter of a couple games could really change the standings. I think that you would kind of agree with that sentiment, Austin. Definitely, but for sure. Um, with that being said, I, I wholeheartedly think that James Harden being in that Eastern Conference without the presence of a Joel Embiid, I think that that spotlight could fall a little bit more on him, especially with the Nets being that number one seed in the Eastern Conference. A lot of people's attention are kind of shifting towards them. A little bit more now. I don't think that their defense and the or lack thereof rather is as big of or prevalent a story now as it was early on. And with with that being the case, you can kind of start focusing a little bit more on what they're good at, right? They added Blake Griffin. I don't I don't anticipate Blake Griffin as we talked about taking any shine away from James Harden. If anything, right. that's just going to be one more person to to you know accept a pretty pass from him, right? So for sure, with with the Nets looking to start building a little bit more cohesion on their team because I believe the the big three that they have have only played what um what seven games together right seven so games, yeah so they've only played about seven games together uh, they're gonna start looking a little bit more like they should moving forward and with that being the case I think that James Harden does stand to gain the most because of the conference that. Joel Embiid played in. How do, how do you feel about that? You know, that's a good point that, you know, the, and I guess 
on, you know, not for sure proven MVP, you know, front runner, I guess was in the Eastern conference and he's hurt. So, you know, having him out of the way, there's definitely an opening for somebody else to kind of step into that. And you could make a case that since he's been traded, James Harden's been one of, if not the best player in the NBA since he came over from Houston. And it almost makes me even more frustrated to see how well he has morphed into what he's been been for the Nets just because mm. everybody was so sure that he was always going to be stuck in his ways, this ball dominant, you know, dribble it a thousand times and shoot 43s and mm-hmm. everybody else is going to stand around. And uh, I guess it took Kyrie Irving telling him that he's going to be the point guard for him to, to make that change. <laughs> I don't think that makes any sense, but uh, right. Yeah. I know you're kind of uh, tongue in cheek saying that. Yeah, for sure. But it just, it goes to show you like what, he, what he, it makes what he did in Houston even more frustrating for me because now he's being like, one of the best teammates you could ask for. He's doing what <laughs> exactly what the team needs. He's shown that he's elite in every way in the in in the NBA. He's not just a one-on-one scorer. You know, he's leading the league in assists. Him and Kyrie are just like in in such sync right now. The only worry I have is what's going to happen to that when KD comes back because they've played so little together. Mm. And it's not so much like an ego thing. It's just more of where does everybody fit when you have obviously the number one guy coming back because right. Kyrie loves it when he's when he can you know take 20, 25 shots a night. And is do they keep going that way? And maybe KD says, okay, you know, Kyrie's going to kind of take take the reins here just because it's working. And and Durant doesn't strike me as the type of guy that would be you know that overly worried about his own numbers. But I, I you know then again, everybody in the NBA really is. So who knows? Um, I just think this Joel Embiid injury is is really going to kind of shape the the rest of the Eastern Conference in terms of the playoff standings because Philadelphia goes from number one seed in the East with Embiid on the court to maybe barely a playoff team without him. Like mm. his number, his on off numbers are just ridiculous, and they have been for several years. Uh, the team scores 12.7 points per 100 possessions more when he's on the court than when he's off. That's and, pretty significant. <laughs> and they give up 4.2 more when he's off the court. So that's a his net rating, or their net rating with Embiid is plus 16.8. So they're 17 points per game better with Joel Embiid. Uh, there was a point in the season, I'm not 100% sure if it's still true, where they he'd missed like four or five games and they hadn't won a single one of them. And, you know, Brooklyn's kind of taken off right now. And, and I don't think Katie coming back is going to hurt them, hurt them. It might, you know, throw off their chemistry for a game or two, but I think they, they stand a really good chance to take, take over the number one seed because of this injury. Embiid's just been almost uh, not everything for that team. Obviously no one player is everything, but he's, he's been their first, second and third option for sure. Yeah, and the one thing that I, I think that is pretty pretty prominent that you pointed out is adding KD back. It's going to take away from his scoring, and that was kind of the one thing that um j- that James had to sacrifice more of with, with Durant being gone. But he still rebounds well, still passes the ball, moves it along. Uh, I don't imagine that his rebounds and assists are going to dwindle down. But you bring up a good point that, you know, with KD coming back, it – we still don't know his timeline, by the way, right? Like mm-hmm. we don't know exactly when Durant's coming back. 
And that's something that I wish that we would have a little bit more concrete, you know, <laughs> some sort of timeline that we can discuss here right. on the show. Right. Um, it makes it really hard to, to look at a James Harden and say, and say that he does stand to benefit the most, but with the way things are now, I, I don't imagine that Steve Nash is going to look at KD coming back and say, what we really need to do right now is take the ball out of James Harden's hands. I don't think that that's going to be the case. If anything, his scoring might dwindle down a little bit. He's giving you about 25 points a game right now, but his eight rebounds and 11 assists, I can see those being pretty consistent because KD is one of those guys to where he's just as dangerous without the ball in his hand as, as he is. I was just going to say that. I was just going to say that, Stephen. I think the idea of Kyrie and, and KD kind of being like off the ball spot up shooters for James Harden to find is just like lethal. That's like a dream come true for him, I'm sure. I just mm-hmm. imagine seeing a, a seven foot absolute knockdown shooter <laughs> on the wing anytime you need to pass it to him. Like, I just think if, if they go about it the right way and they, and they don't try to, you know, change too much up, they're going to be extremely, extremely hard to beat. Yeah, no doubt about it. And then, you know, we, we mentioned a guy like Kawhi Leonard. We didn't really talk about him a lot, but in that Western conference with, AD still missing a couple weeks and now in the Eastern Conference with him beat out. I think that he does stand to gain a little bit of ground in the MVP running, but the Clippers have a little bit more to figure out, I think, than than a James Harden on the Nets. It's one of those things to where it feels like it's almost taboo to be able to say that we can mention him in an MVP race because he had he had been in that position the last two seasons and won Defensive Player of the Year. And it's just funny because now that he's this god-awful third place in the eastern conference right now right right? and but he's having a better individual season this year than he did last year he's more efficient he's taking better care of the ball he's fouling less he's playing better defense and he's passing the ball just as good if not better than last Mm -hmm. year because he his team fell two places in the standings from the last two seasons we can't Mm -hmm. talk about him as an mvp but another right. guy that I think is worth mentioning now in the West is a guy by the name of Damian Lillard. I think that he's been getting a little bit of notoriety and, and recognition, but I think that he could stand to benefit a little bit more with Joel being out as well. For sure. And that's kind of my what, what I meant when I touched on the idea that, that we're going to be able to have like a legitimate MVP discussion because it's not just going to be LeBron and Embiid. Mm. And ultimately, those are probably, you know, the top two guys. I mean, there's, they're there for a reason and, or, you know, Harden's up there, too. But it's nice to, you know, at least hash out the reasons why some people think this guy should be MVP or this guy or, or you know, at least give them some notoriety because where would Portland be without Damian Lillard right now yeah they I mean he's been they're they're hurt every game every year since the beginning of time it seems like like they have the longest injury list of any team I can I can think of their their guys are always out and Lillard's always the one kind of you know carrying that team year in and year out and you know you know I picked Steph Curry as my MVP choice preseason but I, I gotta admit, like I think we're at a point now where we can we can put him and Damian Lillard pretty much in the same level. Like I yeah. just obviously, you know, Curry's got the the MVPs and the titles, so that's gonna put him ahead. But in terms of like a deep three point shooter scoring threat from anywhere on that half, once he passes half court, like there's there's really no comparison to those two guys. They're they're 
you have to guard their entire team so much different just because they're on the court because they can they can literally hurt you from anywhere past that half court line. So, you know, Damian Lillard definitely, definitely deserves a lot of credit for what he's done with Portland. It's just one of those things where, you know, he could average 35 points a game. And if they're, if they're, you know, towards the bottom half of the Western conference playoffs, he's probably not going to, not going to get a whole lot of votes for it, but he, he definitely deserves to be talked about for sure. And I think if Kawhi Leonard was on any other team except the Clippers and it was, you know, <laughs> playoffs or bust for the Clippers this year, that he'd be getting a lot more. He'd be getting talked about a lot more because, I mean, he's having a better year than he ever had in San Antonio. And people were talking about him a lot more then than they than they are now. And I don't really understand that because L.A. is a huge market. You know, obviously, it's, the Lakers are, are first in that town, but you'd think there'd be more, a little bit more noise about how good the Clippers have been this season, how good Paul George has been, and the absolutely phenomenal year that you know Kawhi's been having. Yeah, absolutely. And you talked about how, you know, how Damian Lillard and and Steph Curry can hurt you from a lot of different directions. You know what won't hurt you in a lot of different directions is Manscaped. Manscaped hooked me up and a bunch of the other guys from the Off the Ball Network with a bunch of tools and formulations from their their perfect package 3.0 kit, right? They have created the best ball hair trimmer ever, the Lawnmower 3.0. The third generation trimmer features features cutting edge technology, ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. I now feel confident in shaving my boys. In addition, this trimmer comes with an LED light for a more precise shave and it is waterproof which makes your shower shave clean and easy. You don't have to use the same trimmer you use on your face as your balls, Austin. That's that's just nasty, right? The yeah, lawnmower 3.0 comes inside their brand new perfect package 3.0 and it gives you everything that you need to keep trim cut free smelling nice down there the manscape perfect package 3.0 also includes a crop preserver which is an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer you already have to put deodorant on your armpits why are you not put putting deodorant on the smelly part smelliest part of your body and yes your balls stink speaking of sweaty and stinky balls i'm thankful for their crop reviver this product, also along with the preserver, keeps your balls from sweating, smelling, and sticking. Manscaped threw in two free gifts in their perfect package. A pair of high-performant Manscaped boxer briefs that'll keep your junk feeling fresh all day. And a travel shed bag to store all of your grooming goodies. Trim that junk of yours. Or junk of yours, excuse me. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code BTG at Manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Austin, what's up with Manscaped, man? Uh, it sounds like they got everything you need, dude. I, I don't know. I never really thought about the whole uh, the deodorant thing. I mean, it makes sense, though. I, I like that. I wish they would. I wish I would have known about that sooner because I think every guy could use that. Nobody wants to smell bad, right? You, uh, you threw so much fire info out there that my internet cut out there for a second. So you're doing something. Uh, right. <laughs> okay. Well, if, if you didn't hear me, the biggest thing is go to oh, I heard man- Go to manscaped.com, enter BTG, which is our promo code exclusively for breaking the game, and you can get a free 20% off of your next order at manscaped.com. All right, Austin. that lawnmower. There you go. So now that we mutually agree that Manscaped is the best way to go, what about the teams and the players in the NBA mutually agreeing to part ways? What is kind of your overall take on this? 
Uh, it's kind of a case by case basis, but really I don't like it at all. Honestly, some of the things that I've been hearing, it just, it rubs me the wrong way. I, I feel like, are these guys like that say they are trying to avoid injury and, you know, until they get traded to a contender for one, why are, why is every aging, you know, good role player all of a sudden entitled to just decide he's going to play for a contender or he's not going to play. I don't like that. They're under contract. I feel like they should play under their contract. And I mean, how many of these guys have we ever heard of getting hurt right before they go on the trading block? It's just, it's not a very common occurrence. I mean, anybody can get, can get hurt any, any time, but you can get hurt in your bathroom, you know, you know, getting cleaned up. You can fall down your stairs at home and hurt yourself. I think a golfer did that a couple of years ago and hurt himself pretty bad. So I don't like this idea that they're trying to save themselves from injury or that, you know, they decided that, you know, they deserve to go to a contender because it's they're towards the end of their career and they want to win a title. I get that every, every aging player that hasn't won one wants a ring, but there's, I just think there's a right way and a wrong way to go about it. And as much as I love Anthony Davis and happy that he made it to the Lakers, I kind of feel like he started this trend and I'm not a big fan of it. I wish he hadn't done it. I I just think you should go out there and play. Now, if the team comes to you and says, Hey, we've got younger guys at your spot that we want to give this playing time to, are you okay with us? Or we want to get you to a contender because you deserve it. Are you okay with, you know, sitting out until we find a trade partner for you? If it's something that's fairly imminent, like going to happen soon, I think that's a good way to go about it. But the P.J. Tucker situation is the one that really bothers me because he he straight up told Coach Silas that he's not going to play until he gets traded to a contender. And, I mean, P.J. Tucker's average is like, what, five and a half points a game this year? Like, mm-hmm. he is one of those guys where on a, on a good team, his, you know, benefits of having him shine – through big time he does all the little stuff that good teams need but on a bad team like houston he just he looks a lot worse than he is because he's not the type of guy that's going to be able to give you all those things that a a, you know a non-contending team needs he's a spot-up shooter that's a you know he's a good rebounder he's a fairly good post defender and he's a corner three-point shooter and you know a team like houston who can't um, I, I know, still needs, hear you. needs a lot more than that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I agree with you. And and you discussed um, PJ Tucker. There's guys like Lamarcus Aldridge, the similar situation in San Antonio right now. Blake Griffin, who has already been traded, was one of these guys that where the team and the player said, "Hey, look, we're going to be looking to move off of you. Why don't you just take your ball and go home?" And they uh, did it. In, they did it in no time. It was like a couple of weeks, and he was done, and and he was moved on to a new team. And I, I think well, that he was also bought out, right? So that, right. Yeah. yeah. So the 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 action of him getting to a new team was fairly simple. Whenever it just came down to like, oh, a veteran minimum contract, easy day for a former All Star, right? Right. And then um, just one more player, Andre Drummond, who's yet to be moved, was kind of one of these guys that was mentioned first, which is kind of odd because. Out of everyone listed, he's youngest, right? Mm-hmm. He probably has more translatable skill other than maybe LaMarcus Aldridge, right? But still, I mean, he gives you good rebounding. He can score around the basket. 
He's tried to expand his playmaking abilities this season in Cleveland. Magic and, Drummond. Yeah, and he's not a terrible defender either, right? So, and he's young on an expiring contract. I do get the idea that like, okay, mm-hmm. if we get this guy, it may be a rental. We're going to have to probably offer him the max to get him to stay around. So I do get that aspect of it, but he's been on the market probably the longest out of these four guys. Who knows who is available outside of what's been reported already, right? So right. I just think that the fact that this is the way that business is done, when I, when I start hearing these reports kind of pour out, pour out, and pour out, it made it reminds me of the the comments that Draymond Green made, you know, mm-hmm. about a month or so back. And, you know, basically said that players are castrated <laughs> for asking for trades. Um, maybe forcing their way out is how we look at it, but asking for trades, demanding trades, trying to take control of their own destiny. But here we see teams saying, not only do we want to move off of you because we have young guys that we want to get a look for, maybe want to add some, you know, trade assets to our war chest and we just want you to go home you know we saw this last season with um with Andre Iguodala in Memphis right I mm-hmm. think it was more the player saying like look I'm not showing up and Memphis was like that's cool man like we'll try to mm-hmm. figure something out but for a lot of these players I think that yes I, I get where you're coming from right that it it could be the player saying hey look I, I don't want to play but I don't think a guy like LaMarcus Aldridge is making that case. I think that it's more like we're going to move you. You're older. You know, we're not going to showcase you. We want to get our next man up ready because that's the direction that we want to go. Why don't you go take a break and maybe that'll help, you know, your stamina, your durability for the remainder of the season. Mm-hmm. And we'll see what we can do. We'll try to trade you. And if not, we'll buy you out. So I think already having the potential, <laughs> the potential outcome of a buyout, already out there that weakens his trade value. So I don't know if the team is so much looking out for their best interests as much as they are maybe looking to help LaMarcus Aldridge, you know, because they've given him permission to actually go out and speak to other teams to see if they would want his services. So like you mentioned, it's a situational base type thing, but by and large, I, if, if teams can do this, I just wish that players were granted a little bit more flexibility at, you know, as opposed to when when we hear them say something, we have to find them, we have to suspend them, and we and and now whatever team that they were trying to go to, they're no longer allowed to go to that team. They can go to twenty eight other teams, but they can't go to that one team, right? So mm-hmm. that's just kind of how I look at it, Austin. No, I get what you're saying, one hundred percent, and that's that's kind of what I mean when I don't I I don't like the whole situation from either side, not necessarily just the players are in the wrong, like. Andre Drummond hasn't played in like two months. It feels like he's been <laughs> right. He, they sat him down forever ago and he's, you know, by far numbers wise, the best of these guys available. You know, he's young. Like you said, he's 27. He's got monster rebounding numbers year after year. He's, he's having a down shooting year this year. And he's at about 50%. He's and, trying to be a little bit more creative this season. You right. Know what I mean? So right. that's why I called him Magic Drummond. Oh Yeah. But, you know, he's he's got a lot of value. He's young. He's healthy. And the way he it came about how he dressed for that game where they decided to sit him down and tell him, you know, put, you know, go back and put your street clothes on. You're not playing anymore. Mm -hmm. Makes that one feel like that. He didn't have a whole lot of say in that. Yeah. And I don't like that either. Like it's his career. Like if he wants to play like. 
you know, tell the coach, hey, give him a few, give him less minutes, showcase these other guys, or if you're that adamant that you don't want him out there, cut him loose, trade yeah. him something, let him go somewhere else where he can play because there's a lot of teams that would like to have him on their team for sure, and and he's, I think his value is is going down the longer he sits because people just aren't getting to see him play. He's kind of, he's kind of out of sight, out of mind kind of thing. And not that that's going to long-term really affect his overall value, but for, you know, for his next contract, it could make a difference. So it's just a, a weird way of doing business to me all the way around. Like you got guys on your team, play the best guys you have until you don't have them anymore. And if you don't want them, you can, you can control where, whether or not he's on your team anymore you know, make a trade. Like you're not going to get some huge draft haul for a guy that you got for a couple second round picks a year or two ago. So mm-hmm. it's not like they're holding out for some, you know, James Harden deal like Houston got. And the LaMarcus Aldridge one is the one I'm least upset by. I kind of agree with everything that you said about that, where it does feel a lot more like, you know, cause he's an older player. They're not going to showcase him. They, don't really need to get rid of him. They're a playoff team right now, mm-hmm. but that kind of also makes me wonder looking at his numbers, his numbers are fairly down from where they've been for his career. Maybe Popovich just sees the writing on the wall that, you know, he, his, his time as an effective NBA player might be, might be coming to an end here pretty soon. Uh, I don't think if he was going to be a real super productive part of a team, that's going to be in the playoffs or, or is pushing for the playoffs. If they, if he was going to be a big part of that, then I don't think they'd be doing this by any means because he the whole idea is he wants to go to a contender. Well, they're like fourth or fifth in the West, you know, for a team that nobody thought was going to be in the playoffs. I I just I I think this was more of a situation where like, hey, you know, we've got our young core of guys. Obviously, your future's not here. Uh, you know, your time in the league is probably coming to an end fairly soon in the next year or two. You know, why don't we figure out a situation where you can go to a team that's got a better role for you and you do have more of a chance mm-hmm. to win? So I, I like I like the way that that one kind of came about because it just it does kind of feel like it's going to benefit both parties the most. Whereas I don't think Drummond is getting a whole lot of benefit from sitting out this long, and I really don't like the way PJ Tucker went about doing that. Yeah, well, P.J. Tucker, remember, he was a part of that whole starting five that came out and said, we're unhappy with the way business has been done here now that you guys have changed the people who were in charge of making those business decisions, right? So um, maybe they were trying to let him write it out and see how it would work with a guy by the name of John Wall and Christian Wood being injured and being, it looks like, largely responsible for their, what, 14, 15 game losing streak. They've lost as many games as he's missed. So, you know, I would love to see what they could do if they were actually healthy, man. They have quite a few interesting pieces I'd like to see out there together, but they hardly can get a guy out on the court, it seems like. Yeah. And, uh, you know, friend of the show, uh, Zach Raymond, we've had him on before he does. Yep. On an off the glass podcast, he said initially they weren't on the same page, that being the Cavs and Drummond, but a writer that covers them says that they're on the same page. And he also gave us a nice pat on the back saying, great stuff as always. Zach, appreciate you. With your kind words, we've got to have you on the show again sometime down the road, brother. But um, yeah, again, it's case by case basis. I don't, I'm not upset at PJ Tucker now all of a sudden just because what happened earlier in the season was made known. So 
Mm-hmm. I, I see where you're coming from, though, him saying like, look, I gave you guys a couple months. You know, everyone else, it looks like is trying to is, is benefiting from, you know, saying I mean, they're they paying want him $8 million dollars a year, dude. Like he's making $8 million so he can go out there and play, you know, 20 minutes a night. He doesn't have to play. He doesn't have to start and play 35 minutes a night. But you could also say that that $8 million is highly low considering the amount of responsibility that he had on that team. Like he was yeah. getting underpaid for playing center at six four six five, you know, and, and being a lockdown right. defender. So sure. yeah. And Zach gave us this thumbs up. So, you know, maybe we'll, maybe we'll holler at him here, here soon after the show. For but, sure. um, yeah, I, I'm not mad at Tucker, not mad at Aldridge, Blake, the situation's already done. Andre is a little bit more curious, but I think that he's going to get taken care of here down the road. So this is, this has been going on for quite a while where guys, you know, mutually agree to part ways they just didn't call it that that you know it was it sounds nicer when they say it that way but i think anybody that knows anything about the nba is that's not always the case for one and it Mm -hmm. just seems like this year it started like a couple weeks into the season they were already like who's gonna get bought out let's buy them out like it's just dragging on throughout the whole year usually this heats up like the last couple of weeks before the trade deadline well, and speaking just, of that, we only do have a little less than two weeks now before the trade deadline with the new calendar right. year, the shortened season and all of that. But back to your point about the terminology, usually we say that applied for coaches, right? Like coaching mm-hmm. in the front office, it's that they mutually agree to part ways. And uh, now we're seeing that same terminology applied to the players. It's almost like with the the COVID-19 protocols, you know, the abundance of caution that we kept hearing about, like you just, it's one of those things that you have to say to keep people from asking mm-hmm. questions, right? And it's worked out for some folks, but for folks like Andre Drummond, not so much. So now that we know who's available though, Austin, I would love to get your take on where some of these players that we know are looking to be shopped around at, where do you think they'll end up? And what do you think the likelihood is that they'll be moved before the trade deadline? So if you think that they're more likely to be bought out, we'll have to mention that we don't think that they're going to be traded. Does that make sense? Right. Like we're going to differentiate yeah. between the moving on via buyout than, than trade. Right. So for sure, uh, Andre Drummond, what's the likelihood that you think that he gets traded? Austin? I don't think it's very high. As long as he's already been out, you know, like you said, he's a rental, he's a expiring contract. Who's going to want a payday. Um, and, none of the contending teams that are really going to benefit from him are going to have that kind of money to give him long-term. So I don't, I, and at the end of the day, they've sat him down already. So every team in the NBA knows, Hey, if we don't, if we all just don't trade for him, they're going to cut him eventually. They're going to buy him out eventually. So I think it's very, very unlikely that he gets traded. Yeah, I think it's unlikely as well, but there are a couple teams that have the capacity to be able to do so. Now, the Boston Celtics, their trade exception doesn't outright mean that they can acquire him. Like they can't just trade a second round pick and bring him in. They would have to throw a little bit of salary filler in there to make that work. I think Boston is the one team that I look at and say, okay, it would make a little bit of sense for them to go and get him one for mm-hmm. team need and two. Um, you know, with the the salary implications, they would have bird rights on him, meaning for those who don't know that they can go over the salary cap in order to sign him and bring him back. Um, mm-hmm. He would be one player that I could see them doing that with. There are rumors that Jeremy Grant may be traded to Boston, which I would absolutely love. That'd be awesome. The Harrison Barnes is another I player. Say, I heard a lot about Harrison Barnes. Not as excited about him because of his diminishing role in Sacramento there would be a little bit of like you you kind of hope for the best with him. Jeremy Grant, I think, would be just simply plug and play 
in, in yeah. Boston. But um, Andre Drummond would, would fit. Sac- a, a Sacramento seems like a place where you know basketball kind of goes to die. It could be, it could be pretty hard to you know continually put up good effort and good numbers for a franchise that's been as down as they have. I mean, it's. I, I think I, I would, way up though with the way that they've drafted lately. I agree. I agree. I'm just saying it's it's hard to lose a lot. Oh, you you know for multiple years and continue to you know just go out there and give that much effort every night. And Harrison Barnes is another type of guy that I think would shine more on a better on a winning team than he does on a you know a non contending team for sure. Yeah. But Jeremy Grant would be awesome. Andre oh, yeah. Drummond would be awesome. I mean, uh, Danny Ainge needs to do something and save his butt for not getting Miles Turner in the offseason like he had the chance to. And, and, McD- and McDermott, right? So mm-hmm. they could. Right. Both of those are Boy. huge team needs that would stand to benefit being in Boston, and Boston would stand to benefit having them. Oh, but hey, we've got the number one rim protector in the league is available, and we want to trade him to you, but you had to get Oladipo too. Okay. Well, no, I think they wanted Warren, which I oh yeah, and asking for Warren, but he hasn't played yeah. this season, so probably good that they didn't get him, right? So right, yeah. I mean, we'll we'll see yeah. what happens down the road, but so you're scratching off Andre Drummond being traded as far as likelihood. So yes, buy out. Where do you think he goes? Ultimately, think he's going to end up with the Lakers. I really do. Um, I just don't see there being a whole lot of room for anybody else with the nets and it kind of seems like an arm rate arms race between those two teams i don't think philadelphia is going to be a huge player in in buyout market maybe now with Embiid being out they might go after somebody but i don't know if drummond is is the right guy for them um and you just haven't really heard a whole lot of talk from any other teams other than the lakers and the nets are going after these buyout candidates and i think with you know, Mark Gasol's struggles and mm-hmm. it's, it's fairly obvious that they should have, that they made the wrong decision between him and Dwight Howard. And, you know, do, they have zero athleticism up front without Anthony Davis. So just think about the defensive lineup they could put out there once Davis comes back, if they could, cause he can, he can step out and, and defend on the perimeter well enough for a period of time that they could have him and Drummond both in there and, and boy, that'd be fun to watch. So I think he could end. I think he was going to end up with the Lakers. I think they want him. I think he wants to win a title and a lot of guys like playing with LeBron James. So I think uh white side would be a little bit better fit as far as between the two of them. I yeah. think that good luck scoring, right? Good luck not getting a shot blocked with AD and white side on the team, right? Like, right. And I think that the Lakers would probably get some of the best basketball that we've seen out of Hassan Whiteside. You know, almost what, you know, the Warriors did with a JaVale McGee. I could see mm-hmm. kind of that type of role playing out for him. Or like what you mentioned earlier, Dwight Howard being a Laker last season. I, th- I think Hassan Whiteside could give you a little bit similar look there. Yeah, I, I loved the way Dwight Howard, the role he played for the Lakers last year. And it, it, I was extremely confused when they decided not to go get bring him back it didn't make a whole lot of sense i was yeah, excited one of the about best Marcus shooters on the team yeah right <laughs> i was excited about gasol but at the same time it was just it it felt weird that they why, why not go after both i don't know yeah i mean I, I was excited for him too i think that the the way that people are looking at blake griffin joining the nets is kind of what i envisioned with gasol going to the lakers that right. playmaking off the high post i thought was going to be a scary dimension for this Lakers team. And maybe in the playoffs, it looks a little bit better than the regular season, but 
you could, I think it's safe to say that it's been underwhelming compared to expectations. The Marcus Gasol right. experiment in, in LA. Speaking sure. of LA, LaMarcus Aldridge, where do you think, I, is he get traded or do you think I he, think gets, he bought gets bought out too? I think he gets bought out too. Um, I think he's, he's like the prototypical buyout candidate. You know, he's mm-hmm. older. He's never won a title. He's a guy that, you know, you can count on to be a professional to fill whatever role he needs to fill. And he's still a guy that at any given day can go out there and really, really fill it up for a team. So I think this is the perfect guy for the Boston Celtics, personally. I think he'd be I great for them. Uh, he would fit their offense so well. He's a he's you know big in the middle. He's not exactly a, a shot blocking you know superstar in that sense, but he he's every bit as much of a rim protector as they have now. And then some, so they, they can't seem to find a big guy that an actual big guy that can really fill their needs. And I think they need to, you know, try something. And I think LaMarcus Aldridge would be perfect playing alongside of, you know, Tatum and Brown and Marcus smart. I think that'd be a pretty good group. I think so too. His ability to shoot the deep ball, um, the mid range game, low post, Mm -hmm. he's a three level scorer for a big that's highly valuable. The defense scares me a little bit. He's not as good of a playmaker as what Al Horford, I think, was when they acquired him. But I think right. that he can give you somewhat of Horford of what Horford gave this team mm-hmm. as far as running some action off that high post and making their offense a little less predictable. Right. Mm-hmm. So um so yeah, Lamarcus Aldridge gets bought out. You think Boston is a good candidate? I agree with that as well. I think Golden State would actually be another place too that if he gets bought out, I think a fit between LA and Golden State. And then there's always a possibility that he goes back to his first love, and that be Portland, right? Because Ooh, of the yeah, that'd be cool. That they've sustained. Do you think that that would be a good fit? I do. I, I think Lamarcus Aldridge is the type of guy that can really, with his skill set benefit just about any team and kind of fit mm-hmm. really anywhere it's just if he gets bought out what's more important you know playing somewhere where you want to you know, get a little bit more you know notoriety and a little bit more your stats a little better and have more fun maybe or or worry most about winning a title and i think that's gonna kind of shape where he ends up yeah i wholeheartedly agree with that sentiment too so next guy i have on here he hasn't been in trade rumors as of late, but it seems like for the last, what, two or three seasons of his career that uh, Victor Oladipo has been rumored to go, you know, almost everywhere in the NBA. So mm-hmm. do you think that Victor Oladipo gets traded? Now, he was offered a two-year extension by the Rockets. It's kind of like a almost like an obligation type thing. Mm-hmm. Turned it down. Looks like he wants to test the free agent market. <laughs> Believes that he is a max contract player. Would, do you think that he is traded or do you think that he just walks at the end of the season? I I don't know. I, I could see Houston holding on to him for whatever reason. I don't know why they would. Uh, I think it's very obvious that uh, Oladipo's not going to re-sign with Houston. I don't think he's in a position in his career where he wants to be a highly paid guy on a rebuilding team and mm-hmm. i don't know that houston would even really give him the, the amount of money that he thinks he's worth and i personally i don't know about you i don't think he's worth the money that he thinks he's worth i think it's one of these situations where you know at one time before his quad injury yes he he was he was on his way to a max contract and it's one of those things where once players hit that plateau they get to that point their self-image is set in stone you know mm-hmm. they think 
I'm an all-star. I'm, you know, a max player. KD had a torn Achilles and he got a you know, full max contract and look what he's doing. You know, that's me. And it's just not the case. He hasn't been the same player. He can't, he can't, he hasn't found his shot. All I heard when he was recovering for, from that injury was when he came back to the Pacers, how much better of a shooter he was going to be. He'd been doing mm-hmm. nothing but working on his shot. And he's shooting like 30% from three this year, well under 50% from the field. He's not efficient. His He shows flashes, but it's just not there anymore. His athleticism and speed and and just, you know, dynamism to the on his way to the rim is kind of really what opened up the rest of his game for him. And I just don't see it that much anymore. And he's one of my favorite players. I'm a huge Indiana Hoosiers fan. Like I mm-hmm. remember his first game at IU thinking like, who is this guy? And then he dunked right over somebody. And it was just like, like, where'd this guy come from? Holy cow. And he's just, he got steadily better every year. So I think the Houston Rockets should trade him. I don't know if they will. I think, I don't know how they do it. I don't know if they have anything that, in terms of assets left that Houston would want. But if for as terms of a team that could use a rental to try to win a title, I think the Milwaukee bucks would be a fun spot to see him go mm. to. Okay. Yeah, that would, that would, that would be pretty interesting actually, but making this may, maybe trading Brooke Lopez and their second round picks that they got this season, it would be really hard. I think to entice the, the rockets to make that deal, but you know, maybe unless there's just nothing else out there and they just want to get something that might be the only way it could work that may be that may be the case but our buddy zach ramey wrote in and thank you so much zach for continuing to watch the show really appreciate the support he he's basically said the same thing that we were talking about back with uh lamarcus alders potentially going back to portland i think that mm-hmm. that's a that's a pretty popular sentiment because he has only been with these kind of smaller market teams and Maybe that's what he's comfortable with. And so, Austin, we talked about P.J. Tucker earlier. Just um, we're kind of up against it right now. So do you think that he gets traded? I think he's kind of forced Houston's hand. I think they don't want to look, you know, look bad at the end of this and and keep a guy who doesn't want to be there, who I think a lot of people around the league believe deserves to get traded to a, a team where he has a chance to win something. So I do think he gets traded where to. I don't know. I'm I'm not. I've never been that high on the guy. I, I know he's a great role player. Oh, come he on is, now. He's t- but, he's an Austin Carr guy. Like, how does Austin not like P.J. Tucker? I guess probably just because he plays for the Houston Rockets, and I just never really was too fond of their whole team. I don't mm-hmm. know what it was. I like James Harden. I, I mean, I, I don't dislike James Harden, not as much as some <laughs> people, but I just never really liked the way they played and just didn't see. All I heard last year was how he's such a great player post defender and watch out what he's going to do to AD. And it was, it was not even a contest. So maybe that's where it's from, but I don't know. I I need your help on this one. Where do you think he ends up? I think it's either Brooklyn or Philadelphia. I think that he wants to go back to what he's familiar with. That's either playing alongside James Harden or being underneath Daryl Morey in Philadelphia. And I think Philly would be, I think the the better of the two, I think that, you know, mm-hmm. giving him some of those um, Mike Scott minutes in Philadelphia would be pretty beneficial. He helps spaces the floor. He adds to their already stellar defense. There's really not a drop off from whenever you take out, you know, Tobias Harris, you know, whatever you're lo- whatever you would lose in sitting Mike Scott. I don't think that PJ Tucker, you know, is a liability on either end of the floor as opposed to what Mike's 
what Mike Scott brings this team. So I think Philadelphia would be pretty intriguing, Austin. But as always, man, greatly appreciate everything that you bring to the table. You're the best co-host a guy like me could ever ask for, man. Super happy to be doing the show with you. Hey, um, me too. Overall, though, man, uh, I feel like this NBA season, the second half is shaping up to be a good one. I got just a real quick question to ask you. I know I'm kind of mm-hmm. putting you up against it. Oh, you're good. What in the world has happened with Kevin Love? Where is he? <laughs> right? He, apparently, he just I haven't heard, his, I have, I haven't heard his name all year. You know, that's a good question. That's funny. Is he like he was like in witness protection or something there for a while? Yeah, I don't know. He was injured, but like no one ever spoke about this, right? But it's, there was isn't, there's reports that he came be out yesterday that he was suffering a mentally a mentally taxing uh, injury, which you know he has made mental health you know um, more of a focal point, more of a discussion. You know, we don't take that lightly at all on here. We just think that it's the the funny part of this is the fact that like no one has talked about Kevin Love, and it seems like two seasons, right? Yeah, and. He the money that the Cavaliers gave him, they obviously thought that he was going to have, you know, kind of a revitalization after Kyrie and LeBron were gone and be their guy. And it did not work out for him. A lot of it, I think, is because of injury more so than anything. But two, they just they haven't been any good at all. He seems like the perfect type of guy to be on our buyout list, but I haven't heard a word about it. And I don't know, you know, or, you know, just guy to be traded or whatever. I think he's got a huge contract left, probably. He does. And so I'm looking, I'm scrolling the Twitter verse right now. Uh, Kevin Love just exited quickly after less than two minutes. He's going to the locker oh room with trainer Steve uh, Spiro or Spiro, if I'm saying that right. Mm-hmm. That was about 37 minutes ago. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, prayers again for Kevin Love. It seems like this season has gone against him much like last season. Um, you know, I just kind of that this was one of those moments that I was just like, we were talking about everybody else. We we're like, what the heck has happened with Kevin Love? But apparently he uh, only lasted about two minutes in his return to the Cavaliers, man. So that's got to be got to be a little bit devastating. Um, good luck to him. Hopefully that, you know, it's nothing too serious and he can eventually get back and get healthy because at one time he was an absolute terrific player. And I think you know, he's not old enough to where he couldn't get some of that back if he could get healthy. Uh, you know, if it weren't for the contract thing, I would I would. Tell him, you know, if I was his friend, hey, man, go back and team up with LeBron again. Go win yourself another ring. Why not? It's, they don't yeah. necessarily need him all that much, and he would help, and it'd probably be the best situation for him if there was something like that available. Yeah, well, you know what is available, Austin, is our Ooh. friends at Manscaped. You know, go to manscaped.com, check that out. But when you do, you get 20% off and free shipping with code BTG, which stands for breaking the game, Yes, at does. manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code BTG. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Austin, thank you again so much for another great episode, brother. Hey, thank you for having me as always, man. I love doing this with you. This is, like I always say, one of the best parts of my week. You know, this is always so much fun. Thank you to Manscaped. Uh, You know, it's hard to do a good job without the right tools, right? So, you know, everybody... I can't stress enough how important that kind of stuff is. Like, guys, we don't always think about that stuff, but make sure you do. Your your lady will appreciate you for it, for sure. Your significant other will thank you. There you no go. Doubt. So with that being said, I'm, we're just going to close out the show now. Shout out to Manscaped. Shout out to Fanatic. Shout out to Ice Shaker, who are, is underneath the Gronkowski brothers. We have a few great 
sponsors and partnerships alongside us at Off the Ball Network. Go to offtheballnetwork.com for all of your sports needs. But for the Off the Ball Network, for my awesome co-host, Austin Carr, for myself, for the Breaking the Game show, for the Nothing But Net channel on Dash Radio, for the NBA at large, we have been the Breaking the Game show. We will catch up with you guys next time. Much love, everybody. Have a good one. Thank you.